Uh-oh. Well, it'll be recorded next Tuesday. It'll be okay. Anyway, if we grew up reading the King James, this would be one of those passages that said, he begat him, he begat him, begat, 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 right? Okay, well, no begats here. But <clears throat> as you're thinking about this genealogy, I want you to think about the totality of Scripture for a moment. Get your mind out of just the story of Ruth. Think about the totality of Scripture. We don't very often walk in and pick up our Bibles and think, I'm going to just sit down right now and read this book all the way from beginning to end. And we don't do that because it's like a million pages, right? And because we also know that there are parts that are harder than others. And so the idea of just reading the Bible from page one through to the end is a pretty staggering thought. But there's something that we have to remember about what the Bible does for us, even if we're only studying it a portion at a time. The Bible is written in a way through the guidance of the Holy Spirit so that we have history, we have stories, we have instruction to tell us exactly what we need to know to live the way that God wants us to live and to understand and know with confidence what we believe and why we believe it, there is a profound principle that we need to know and have confidence in and believe, and here it is. If you only hear one thing tonight, don't miss this sentence, okay? And that is <clears throat> that the Bible is one story. It's one story with one really big theme. It's not a bunch of different books with different stories. Sometimes it feels that way to us. It's as though we're hearing one story in Ruth and a completely different study in, say, Second Chronicles, which is a completely different study than what we hear in Luke. But the truth is, it is one story all the way through. There is one story of redemption throughout the scripture that leads us from examples like what we've just studied in Ruth, finally to the one true kinsman redeemer, the one true savior of the world, Jesus Christ. God has always only had one plan. Jesus was with him in the beginning. In Revelation, we know that Jesus will be there till the very end. He is the one that will come back for us. And what we know is that it was always God's design to send his son to redeem men and women. It was always God's intention to have a close relationship with those who believed in him. To fully appreciate that, what we have to do is no matter where we are in scripture, we have to be willing to look forward and backward both places. <clears throat> there are so many things in the Old Testament that complete our understanding of something we read in the New Testament. At the same time, there are so many things in the books of the New Testament that show us how God's plan from the Old Testament was fulfilled all the way through. So 
a couple final thoughts on this. In order to make that possible, God did a couple really important things. One is he preserved his word for thousands and thousands of years. And there are miracles all along the way in that story of how the books were preserved and how they were found. And then the second thing he did, which is evident in the book of Ruth, is he protected certain individuals, generations who would create the line from Adam to Abraham all the way down through David to the Lord Jesus Christ. And along the way, as we read and study those people, what we learn through their experiences is we learn all about God's love, his sovereignty, his grace, his provision. So when we land on these last five verses <clears throat> and we've read this story, which seems at first glance like it's about this poor woman named Ruth and her mother-in-law and they're really ordinary folks and then they meet this guy who's a farmer who has a really good reputation in Israel. But even though he has that, is, that reputation and he's a man of integrity, he's still a farmer. He's not some big famous guy. But when we get in these last few verses and we read down through that genealogy that you studied for this week and the last line says, Obed was the father to Jesse, who was the father to David. You know what we all need to do? We all need to pause and we need to say, wait, what? And here's why we need to do that. These are Ruth and Boaz. These are the great-grandparents of David, the king of Israel, who was anointed by God to lead the people and about whom we are told over and over again in Scripture that he will be the line through which Jesus will be born to become the Redeemer of the world. Boaz is a descendant of Judah. Judah, one of the sons of Jacob, is the one about whom we are told that the kingdom of God would never leave his descendants. Boaz's father is a man named Salmon. Salmon's history is a little more colorful. Salmon married Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute living in the city of Jericho who helped to hide the spies when they came in to see if they could conquer the land. But do you know what we know about Rahab? Rahab made some poor life choices. We don't know why she had to do that. But we do know that she had great faith in the Lord because she agreed to protect his men and then thankfully God agreed that she would be rescued and saved. And she marries Salmon, who fathers Boaz, who becomes the kinsman redeemer for Ruth and Naomi and who continues this line down through David. Do you now begin to see why this genealogy has so much more meaning than begat, 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 and yada, yada, yada? Okay, this is the one 
Jesus is the one who in Romans 15, 12, Paul names as the one whose heir will rule over the Gentiles and they will place their hope in him. Jesus is David's heir who will do that. Do you know who those Gentiles are? You and me. And in Revolution, Revelation 22.16, you actually looked this up in your lesson this week, Jesus himself says that he is both the source of David and the heir to David's throne. Do you understand the implications of that verse? Jesus was there in the beginning. He created all things with the Father. He knew the line that would be established that would go down through David, that would eventually mean that he would give up his place at the right hand of God for a while to become a God-man who would live on earth to become our Savior. That's what he's talking about in Revelation 22:16. Once again, <clears throat> most of these people along the way in these genealogies are ordinary people who God chose to put in the line and they became part of extraordinary things. So let's end with this. This is a quote from David Strain, who has written a great book that helps to summarize an understanding of Ruth. And here's what he says. What is the book of Ruth really? Isn't it the gospel of Jesus Christ, the servant king, who makes outsiders his bride and redeems them by means of the cross. The genealogy here is designed to rivet our gaze upon the child of the child of the child of the union between Boaz and Ruth, who would be the final servant, the savior of the world. Our salvation offered through Jesus Christ is not merely a transaction. It's a union, a commitment. It's like marriage. Marriage is used over and over in scripture as an analogy for the way Jesus looks at and embraces the church. To know the saving grace of God is to know Jesus. In John 17, three, it says, John wrote, this is eternal life that you may know God and Jesus whom he sent. Chris has reminded us recently as he's been going through Romans on Sunday mornings, he's reminded us that no matter how religiously observant we are or how morally pure we may be, the real question is this. And this is also the question at the end of the book of Ruth. Do you know Jesus? That's the question. And that takes us for just an instant back to the lights on the runway. Because this genealogy for us is the runway lights. This is the light, the bright and morning star that points us to salvation. It leads us past all the other ideas and possibilities that can distract us to the real truth. And here's the real truth. God has always only had one plan to send Jesus to restore us and to give us lifelong nourishment and an eternal home. So as we finish Ruth, 
Let's just do one more thing together. Let's say together what our overarching theme was with now this final understanding of how the book has closed. God is the purposeful author and hero of our story. He defines our identity and invites us into lives of influence. Let me pray for you before you go to your groups. Father, we um, come humbly to you tonight and we are, Lord, just awestruck and we praise you for the way that one plan has always been exactly what was in your mind. Father, we thank you for the words of Ruth. We thank you for all that this book has taught us. And Lord, tonight, as we have one final conversation, will you bless that time? Will you help us to know you better when we leave than we did when we walked in tonight? And Father, as we looked forward to next week, a week of celebration, Lord, we just want to come together with joy in our hearts to praise you for where you have led us this fall. And we pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.